Holy Spirit, being clothed with the Holy Spirit. And obviously, because time is gone, um, which has been great, so I'm not going to go into it like I had originally planned. Luke 24, 49. Luke 24, 49. He says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Our Lord Jesus is about to ascend and he gives his final set of instructions to his disciples. He says, I am sending the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. And then he says, but wait in the city or stay and wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. That word endued in the Greek has its meaning in its meaning has a sense of sinking into a garment or being literally clothed or sinking into a clothing. So it speaks of something where you are being filled with, but it's also overflowing to where it covers you. When we talk about being clothed or filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized with the Holy Spirit, we're talking about two things. The Spirit of God filling you, filling you to such a point where it overflows and that overflowing completely engulfs and covers you. I want to read a few more scriptures and then I want to say some things about how important it is for us to be clothed with the Holy Spirit. So let me say it like this again. To be clothed with the Holy Spirit is really to be filled with the, with the Spirit to overflowing. Where you are completely covered by the Holy Spirit. When a believer gets born again, the Holy Spirit indwells them. He comes and lives inside of them. Christ comes and lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit brings Christ to us. But he doesn't just want to come and indwell us. He wants to do far more than that. John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing him, in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. I want us to observe the following things, and I've taught from these verse many times. But I want us to observe the following things out of this verse concerning our Lord Jesus and the need for us to be filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God. First and foremost, verse 37 tells us that there must be a thirst for God and a thirst for the things of God in our hearts. If we as children of God want to be filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God. Now, yesterday we talked about this and on Friday we talked about it because of time, I can't really go into it. But one of the things you as a child of God need to know that without the Holy Spirit dynamic in your life, your Christian life is a torture. 
Your Christian life is stagnant. Your Christian life is empty. Your Christian life is really just like another religion. It is the Holy Spirit that causes our Christian walk to be dynamic and real. Not something you read out of a book, but the reality of a living God active in your life on a daily basis. God wants his people not just to have a touch of the spirit, but to be so filled that they are controlled by the spirit, that they are guided by the spirit, that they are empowered by the spirit. They are able to release the spirit of God, but that they are strengthened by the spirit. Let me tell you something. This journey that you and I are in needs a supernatural dimension for you to be able to last the whole way. It is not a journey that you can just live by principles alone. Having the principles are good. Reading the Bible is very important. Prayer is very important. But without the Spirit of God being active in your life, being the one that is governing your life, being the one that is revealing Christ to you, being the one that is leading you, protecting you, empowering you, you will not last this journey. So there must be a thirst for God and a hunger for God when it comes to the appointment of the Spirit. That's the first thing. Second, second thing is this. Jesus said this. If anyone thirsts, he says this. Let him come to me and drink. Not only must you be hungry for God and the things of God, you must come to Jesus. You must learn to rely on Christ. You must learn to look to Christ. You must live your life from a paradigm of trusting Christ. He says, let him come to me and drink. I wonder what you, where, who you go to when you become thirsty. I wonder what you go to when you become thirsty. I wonder who you rely on when you have needs. As a child of God, if you want to be clothed with the Spirit of God and with the power of God. In fact, he says, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from an eye. Let me say something about that statement. When they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, two things happened simultaneously. Not only did they receive his person, they also received his power. Now, many believers, honestly, when, when we experience Christ, often we receive his person. But very rarely do people these days experience the power of God. You see this in the Bible. You see this, for instance, in Acts chapter 19, certain disciples uh, Paul meets them and said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we have not so much as heard of any Holy Spirit. He asked them, what baptism were you baptized? They said, John's baptism. He said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. But he spoke of the one who is to come, which is Christ. He baptizes them in the name of Jesus. Then he lays hands on them. And the Bible says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spake in tongues and prophesied. So these were believers who had already come to a saving knowledge of Christ, but they had not experience the dynamic power of Christ. May you not just come to know Christ. May you experience the power of Christ. Be like Paul who said this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto death. You must know him and you must know his power. That's what this generation these days are lacking. We need to see the power of God. 
the dunamis of God, the miracle power of God. Let me tell you, when you have the power of God on your life, you become irresistible. There is no force on this earth that can withstand a man or woman filled with the Spirit of God. It's only when they allow it that God will allow certain things to happen to them. When Paul was preaching to a guy called Sergius Paulus, as he was preaching to him, there was another guy called Elymas. He was a sorcerer. And this guy withstood Paul, was withstanding Paul. The Bible says Paul filled with the Spirit of God said to him, listen to me. You are a hindrance to, you are, you are evil, you are a hindrance to every kind of good work and so forth. And now you're going to be blind. And the, by the power of the Spirit of God, he executed judgment. What am I saying? There is no power, there's no philosophy, there's no ideology that can withstand any man or woman that's full of the Spirit of God. The problem we have in the church today, there's too much philosophy, there's too much technicalities, there's too much reliance on human wisdom and human practices and not enough reliance on the Spirit of God. So we come to Jesus to receive from him what he offers. And Jesus says, if you are thirsty, come to me and drink. Right now, some of you are thirsty. But your thirst is for something else. It's for success. It's for a breakthrough. It's for this need to be met. But beloved, whatever your thirst is, may you know how to run to Jesus to have your thirst satisfied. Third point I want you to notice is this. There is a promise to those who believe. Verse 38 says, he who believes in me. As simple as this is, you must never stop believing in Jesus. <laughs> Why do people turn away from the faith? Because they lose connection with the head. You must, let me tell you, no matter how powerful, no matter how big you become, you're still a child of God. You're still a child of God. You must learn to be one who believes on Jesus. When you believe on Jesus, it means this, you put your trust in him. You rely upon him. You, ad you adhere to him. You follow hard after him. He says, he who believes in me. This is not like a dare or some kind of challenge. It's a promise. In other words, it's not like you have to have your own volition. Oh, I'm going to believe. No, you simply surrender. And then he promises something. He says, as the scriptures have said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of the holy, sorry, rivers of living water. A few things I want to point out here is this. If you want to be clothed with the power from on high, you must be able to see it in the Bible. He that believes in me as the scriptures have said. You know, sometimes when people are seeking God, they are up for the Holy Spirit and experiences of God. They are afraid that they may end up with a bad spirit. And because of that fear, they don't launch out into the things of God in case they get deceived. But that is a sign of two things. Either you don't know your Bible very well or you don't believe the Bible. Because Jesus tells us in Luke eleven thirteen that if we've been evil, 
know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He that believes in me as the scripture has said. So when you see it in the Bible, you believe that when I ask God for the empowerment of the spirit of God, he's not going to allow an evil spirit to come and deceive me. When I ask God for the gift to be able to speak in other tongues, he's not going to cause a demon to deceive me. Are you listening to me? Because he says, if I being evil know how to give good gifts to my children, if I ask my father for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give me an evil spirit. Are you still there? The outpouring that we're talking about must be in line with scripture. We must be able to see it in the Bible. And the next point I want to point out to you is this. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is an indication of Jesus' glory. In other words, when we begin to experience the outpouring in our lives, it shows that Jesus is being glorified. It shows that Jesus is being honored. It shows that Jesus is being exalted. May I say it like this? The more the Holy Spirit controls your life, the more your life is bringing glory to Jesus. You see, you're saved by grace through faith. It's not an issue of salvation. But if you want your saved life to demonstrate the glory of God, then let the Spirit of God be the one that's controlling your life. Are you listening? There is a need for us as the people of God to become completely filled, saturated to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. He that believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers. How does the rivers flow? It starts by welling up, welling up, welling up, welling up, welling up, where it overflows, where it saturates you. And then because you're now drenched in it, and you're not drenched in it, it begins to go on the floor and go on the ground and begin to go on, become a stream. So, and that's how the rivers flow. It doesn't just go like that. No, it starts here and then woo, and then overflows. And then it's so flowing, flowing like a fountain. May you become a fountain. I said, may you become a fountain. I have told God and I tell him many times in prayer, I need more than this. This reality is not enough. I know what it's like to feel your manifest presence. I've seen your power a little bit. I've seen your glory a little bit. But I'm not satisfied. There is something God showed me many, many years ago. I am not satisfied. I saw myself do this and all the cripples were healed. Do that and all the cripples were healed. That hasn't happened yet. And I cannot die until it happens in Jesus' name. Zechariah 4, 6 says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Come on. You cannot of your own wisdom. Let me tell you. The Spirit of God is not limited to religious activities. In the business arena, it's not by might or power, by the Spirit of God. So far, we haven't really seen this dynamic. Let me tell you. In whatever arena that the Spirit of God comes upon you, 
there will be a difference. Why? Because he amplifies the ability you already have onto a level where it becomes supernatural. I want to encourage you to desire to be clothed with the power of the Spirit of God. I am not looking at any man or woman. I'm not even looking at historical figures. I am looking at one and one alone. My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is the one. He is the standard. And his word is what must govern and burn in my heart and govern my motivations and drive me to see his glory. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. In 7 of Zechariah 4, he says, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. In other words, when the Spirit of God comes upon Zerubbabel, there is no mountain he cannot prevail against. There is no hindrance. There is no obstacle. There is no work. At this time, they were trying to build a, build a temple. And the thing had been taking too long. But when the Spirit of God comes upon you, and it comes upon Zerubbabel, he's saying this, you will not only lay the foundation, you will complete the whole thing. May you complete what God has called you to do before you leave in Jesus' name. We need the oil of the Spirit. His manifest presence. It is the answer to every need. I believe the Holy Spirit controlling us, in my view, is the answer to every need that we face. He is the answer to a dry, stagnated Christian life. He is the answer to the need to see the reality of the supernatural of our faith. He is the answer and the essential ingredient that distinguishes us from everybody else in this world. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to rely on men or overly rely on men. It's important. We need men and women to help us. But above it all, we need God. Can you say amen? amen? The Holy Spirit being poured out and being clothed with the Spirit is not a one-off experience. At times, people live in the past. Fifteen years ago, I had an encounter with God. And it was amazing. But today, I am older and wiser. No, you are dry. You need a fresh touch. When I got born again, the power of God. When you got born again, is that your reference? When you were a baby, it's like a baby saying, when I came out of my mother's womb, I cried, nah, nah, and then I weed, and I pooed, and I ate. Who refers to when they got saved, when they got born? Nobody, you can't even remember. You, as you get older, it should become stronger. The reality of the Spirit of God should become stronger. Your walk with God should become sweeter. It should become more real, more real, more real. And what makes that difference is being connected to the Holy Spirit. It says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The koinonia of the Holy Spirit. The intimacy with the Holy Spirit. The communication with the Holy Spirit. 
The daily dialogue of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. We like the grace of our Lord Jesus. We always say by grace, by grace. Even when it's not grace, we say grace. We enjoy the love of God. We How many of you can live without the love of God one day? And yet many hardly have communion with the Holy Spirit. Once a week communion. When refreshed come communion. We must be continuously filled. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20, he says this. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. Or don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. But be filled, or, or instead be filled with the Spirit. Or be ever filled with the Spirit. Be ever filled and stimulated by the Holy Spirit. Or keep on being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled is a literal in the Greek. Be being filled with the Spirit. He said, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of, the, of God. Now, these verses, in my opinion, show us how not only we refill, but stay filled. We keep being filled as we learn to speak to each other and to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalms and hymns, you should know what that is. Psalms is just another um, phrase for songs. Songs. And hymns are structured songs. So what are spiritual songs? It's the songs you sing with your human spirit. That's it. That is spiritual songs. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Somebody said they are all spiritual. Of course they are. But he distinguishes spiritual songs. You want to know what spiritual songs are? Look at what he says, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For he, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. And I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. I sing with the spirit. What spirit? My human spirit. I sing with the understanding. What understanding? My human understanding. So when he says we are to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Mecca, Jesus loves you. It kind of feels a bit cringy. Mecca, Jesus will be Jewish. Kind of feels a bit cringy. But he says we should do it. And then he says, he says, making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's, that's not for you. That's making melody. Mm, Jesus, I love you. I can sing to you. I may not sing like Christine, but I can sing to you. You know, as when Christine was. When Christine leads in worship, I am amazed. There's such an anointing upon her life. Come, let's celebrate our little sister. But, but you know what amazes me about the grace upon her life? She takes really boring, rubbish songs. But when she begins to sing them, they're really nice. Normally when worship leaders, mere mortals, take some of these songs. Oh, here we go. Some long-winded. But... When Pastor John said, sing the dry bones, that's one of the songs I, I can't stand. Until she sings it. Because it's just to me, 
Dry bones come alive, come alive. Dry bones come alive, come alive. So, but when she said, See me, I, I, was, I was lifting my hands. I, don't, I, I was like, the anointing. You see, there is, there is a difference when the spirit of God is in something. There is a difference. There are many nice singers, but there's not a lot of anointed singers. I'm telling you the truth. And it's the same in any area. When the spirit of God touches something. And that's why, let me tell you something. You must learn to spend time in prayer. And seeking God before you come and stand here. Even when you're coming to bring us some small uh, verse of scripture, spend time in the presence. Saturate yourself with the glory. Hallelujah. You can't just turn up. We don't just stand up. Even this morning, small preparation, minimum. Two hours plugging in, minimum, before we do any more study. Minimum, plug in. Just get some. We can't just turn up. You can't just turn up. You, you, you know, people don't even practice and they want to come and play here. God forbid. Let's move on quickly. Being filled with the Spirit is the best way to live a fruitful and fulfilled life. It is the cure for depression. You're looking at someone that used to suffer bouts of depression. But it's a cure for depression. One day he spoke to me. He said to me, from today, you are not allowed to have pity parties. I was like, what? These are nice parties. They are parties. We like to have them in our bedroom. You know, say some. I used to I make up this song. I used to make up this song. Nobody knows. It's a slave song, and I took it on. The trouble I've been in. Oh, Jesus. I'm so lonely. I used to, and one day said, enough of this. No more. So one day I tried. No, but slap. Yeah. He is the cure. Say to your neighbor, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. My time is up. I want to conclude with the different ways that he comes. Yet the same experience. In Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. He tells us when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with, with one accord in one place. And he says, and there came a sound from heaven. Suddenly came a sound from heaven like us of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared upon them divided tongues or cloven tongues like us of fire. And it sat upon each one of them. And he says, and they began, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues or in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. That was an amazing experience. The place shook, there was a wind, it filled the place. But in another place, in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 46, as Peter began to speak, the Spirit of God falls upon the Gentiles. And they begin to speak in tongues and magnify God. And the rest of the guys are shocked at these guys. There was no rushing wind. There was no cloven tongues of fire. There was just a preacher's preaching. And then he fell upon them. And then later on you will discover in Acts 11 that Peter says that these, that he says, when I began to speak to them, in verse 15, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. 
There was no rushing wind. There was no cloven tongues of fire. He was just talking and the spirit fell on them. What am I saying? At times, people want a fantastic experience to validate the authenticity of the Spirit of God coming upon their life. Beloved, don't look for some um, dramatic experience if you want the infilling of the Spirit. But just make sure that you allow Him to fill you. Can you say Amen? Even in another place I referred to earlier, Paul, he laid his hands on them and then they, they were filled with the Spirit. Through the laying on of hands. They were filled with the spirit. I remember one of our young leaders. He's not even a, that strong of a leader. Went to witness to somebody. Shared the gospel with them. After he shared the gospel with them, he prayed for them. Him and his wife prayed for this person. And they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he then proceeded to fulfill the whole thing. And they said, uh, do you wanna, they said can I get baptized? He then baptized them in their bathroom. And then when he left, he said, oops, I should have checked with Pastor Joe. No, you didn't need to check. I didn't fill her with the Holy Spirit. So you don't need my validation to do the other thing. The point I'm making is, the Spirit of God can meet you wherever you are. I was first filled with the Spirit when I was jogging home from church. There was no music. There was no sound. But he filled me and my life was changed. May you be filled to overflowing where you are clothed with power from on high. If that is your desire, why don't you stand right now? And let's begin to call upon the Lord to touch us afresh, to fill us afresh. Begin to call upon him right now. Lift up your hands to him. Ask him to fill you. Ask him to fill you. Ask him to fill you. Where you are right now, open your mouth. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray out in the tongues and in the understanding. Kionda, glory. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. Lebo Shandaraba. Yasandaraba. We give you glory. Come on, lift your hands. Let's begin to sing to him. Sing to him, sing to him, sing to him. Yandoreba Shandaraba Sundaribi Andai. Yandaraba Sundaribi Rundaribi Sandai. Let's sing to him, let's sing a new song to him. Yandaraba Rundaribi Sandaraba Rundai. Yandaraba Sundaribi Rundaribi Rundai. Find the key that we're in. The key we're in. Come on, lift your hands. 